everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and uh, yeah, I've got quite a few games to talk about. I'm going to get through them real quick, though. I want to get quicker, and it may be to the detriment of the games discussed. I don't know. And maybe y'all will be like, mm, this is too quick if I stick to my plan. But I've got a lot, including Oops, I Did It Again. No, it's not an actual title. It's just called Oops 2. I don't remember Oops 1, but all right. Omen of Sorrow, Golf Club, Wasteland, Nexomon, I Am Fish, Tetragon, Monster Harvest, and Four Closed. Not for clothes. I've got many clothes. I purchased many a clothing this year. But this is foreclosed. Like foreclosing on a house, but that's not what this game's about. But I have recently made a huge step in Attack the Backlog. And I know this is the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. I'm not Attack the Backlog, but I don't care. But my big step is that what I always intended of the series, I'm actually going to try and stick to now. And that is playing games in my backlog, but not being so strict to force myself to finish a game I'm not feeling. Because the intention of Attack the Backlog was always to be about finally going and playing games that are in my backlog. But if I wasn't feeling them, not Sticking with them, moving on, because my, my backlog is humongous. If you've seen the list, you have already known or, or discovered that my list, my backlog is made up of thousands of games. And these aren't games that I just want to play. These are games that I own, whether it's digitally or physically. It covers all generations of systems I own, so it goes as far back as the NES and whatnot. <laughs> But it's still a lot. It's a lot. Some of the games are really tiny. Some of them are very big. But I have so many games I've never gotten around to or I've only dabbled in ever so slightly. And to force myself to play something I'm not enjoying just because I've decided that's the next game I'm going to play doesn't make any sense. Am I still going to make episodes about these games that I give a fair shot to and don't continue with, yes, I will. That means I should be able to crank out episodes at a faster pace. Even only changing this now, I still have in in terms of just the footage and the finished scripts for. I have about a year's worth, almost a year's worth of episodes in the bank. Uh, and in varying degrees of production. So I've got more than enough content for the next year in terms of Attack the Backlog that would allow me to play super meaty games like A Witcher 3 or what have you, or to go real heavy and deep into something like Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO, and just get really, really, really deep into it and max out my level and all that kind of stuff. So I I have more than enough content in, in that respect. But more so than that, 
what I want to do, and I, and there's a reason why I haven't had the time to finish these episodes, just powering through game after game after game. But what I also want to do is start creating new content, new series, new one-off things as well. For instance, or for example, an idea that I'm sure has already been made, so I wouldn't probably make this video, but maybe I would if it's not existing anywhere. But I'd like to do silly, stupid, very, very specific things and episodes and whatnot that may or may not appeal to some. I don't know. I would love to hear any feedback regarding stuff like this. But an idea for a very specific video would be why shooting inanimate objects in Metal Gear Solid 2 is the greatest thing to have ever come in any gaming. That would not be the title. I would workshop that title. But the basic gist of that video would be why, and it might even be just focusing on the demo that came with Zone of the Enders, and why shooting shit like bottles and watermelon and mirrors and just glass and, and all that in that game, in that demo, is the peak of gaming. You know how many hours I put into that demo? More than I put into probably the majority of games I've played. I played that demo for definitely over 10 hours, probably over 20. I don't think I hit 100, but man, I just played that thing over and over and over and over again. And part of it was just the interactivity. The, the, the What's the word I'm looking for? The, there's got to be a different word. Nothing sounds right. Interactable. <laughs> the interactive nature of the environment. I'm just going to go with that. But being able to play around in that space, having this very small but i don't i don't like i don't know how to describe it exactly because i want to keep saying interactive but i don't like i don't like that word right now me and interactive are not on good terms right now but i want to make stupid shit like that i want to have these fun off uh one-off episodes and 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 things like that that aren't attack the backlog or anything they're just their own little thing i want to actually Get to fucking second runs. This series I've been wanting to do forever where I go back and play games that I loved in the past and see where they fall in my rankings still and stuff. Because I've jumbled up my top 10. I put Metal Gear Solid at the top where it's always belonged. And I've moved Bioshock to, I think, I think I moved Bioshock to number three after being number one for so long and bumped up from where it was at number four, I think. I think I put at number two, Deus Ex. Because I, I look at Metal Gear Solid and Deus Ex, and they're two games that really shape the way I look at games, and they are games that I can come back to over and over and over again. I've already played both of them multiple times, and they're both very special to me in different ways. But nothing, nothing is as special as Metal Gear Solid. And I don't know why I didn't have it at number one the whole time. It is literally, I've said this multiple times and still kept it at like number three or whatever. Maybe it was at number two. But I've said this multiple times that it is the game that made me realize video games could be more than just, huh, that's a good time. Because I love games before that. I loved Punch Out, Contra, Kirby's Adventure, etc. But they're all games that were just a good time. I had fun with them, but I didn't think 
anything more of them. But then Metal Gear Solid comes along, and I'm experiencing this incredible story, this cinematic experience, this just very immersive new type of game for me. I'm sure other people experience great stories in RPGs uh, prior to that. I know I played some of, but I don't. I don't feel like any of the RPGs I played prior to that grab me story wise i didn't play any final fantasy game i'm certain i played at least one of the fantasy star games but i don't remember it grabbed me anyway but it was just that game Metal Gear Solid, that changed everything i mean there, there's a potential alternate history where i didn't play Metal Gear Solid, and games always remain huh, just a good time and i eventually fell off and stopped playing games to the degree that I have my entire life. So, yeah, I just, I want to be able to diversify my content. I want to be able to switch things up for both my sanity, for everyone else's. I think creating more content in terms of variety will be better for everyone because then I won't be in this kind of clockwork nature that I am of just putting out Attack the Backlog and Pixelated Sausage and just doing it one after another and not having more pieces of the pie to grab or whatever. But we can talk about that later because it's all it's all working in my head, fresh shopping, <laughs> work shopping. Oh, God. Anywho, so let's get on to what I've been playing this past week, dabbling in a bunch of these. Starting with, you know what? I'm just going to get it out of the way right off the bat. Monster Harvest, it is available on everything, I think. I'm assuming, based off the title, that it's a game I would really like. Because I'm just guessing it would be like Monster Rancher or Viva Pinata or something where I'm messing around with monsters and maybe getting them to do their nastiness with each other i don't know but i'm playing it on xbox series x but i'm playing it on xbox and the game just won't work for me i can't get past the main menu when i get to the main menu an on-screen cursor is there for a few seconds it might be there the entire time until i press a button and then when i press a button i can't navigate the menu in any way i press literally every key on the gamepad and by key i mean buttons i press them all the triggers the bumpers the face buttons the analog sticks the hamburger and fucking double picture button whatever the share button the d-pad i press them all nothing nothing registers any action on the screen i have reset my console held the power button for 15 or whatever seconds, unplugged it, deleted the game, reinstalled it. It just doesn't want to work for me on my Xbox Series X. Can I speak to it on other platforms? No. But for me at least, I am incapable of running it, so I can't say anything about the game. Now let's get back to the, the games I've actually had the opportunity to play. Starting with Oops 2, and you know what it is? It's another one of them cooperative cooking games like Overcooked or whatever where, you know, 
You got a certain amount of time to do all your tasks. You'll constantly be getting new tasks. And in this one where it is all about cooking and whatnot, you'll be getting monsters asking you for a bowl of lettuce or maybe a hamburger or a heated pot or whatever the fuck. And it's just another one of those games. But as more and more of these games come out, they need something that makes them stand out from the crowd, that makes them stand out from the best in the genre. And this doesn't have any of that. I don't like the art. I guess it's based on a movie series. And I don't know if there was an oops one. But the gameplay, while I appreciate the fact that levels at least change in terms of their layout, so it's not just a static thing like, I believe, Merrick's Market or whatever that one was called, which was just the same area over and over and over again, which really made that one feel stale. At least the environments change up and force you to learn the space and deal with the space in addition to cooking and all that jazz. But it just is, it's overcooked. And why would you play this over overcooked? Unless you have a kid who really likes the movie that this is based on, which is not called Oops, it's like 2 by 2 or something, I don't know. It's just... It's another one of those games, and it's not that great. And unless you just want to play all of them, you want to own all of them, there's really no reason to check out Oops 2. Then Omen of Sorrow is a fighting game that is centered around famous monsters, I guess. But I did not recognize that many of them, at least by their name. Some of them are like, oh, that looks like a vampire thing, but it's it's not Dracula or anything, so I, I don't know. But there were a few, I think, I think the Hunchback of Notre Dame was in it, Notre Dame. And there was the Wolfman, who, whose name was, I think, Caleb? Is that what the Wolfman's name traditionally is? And there are some other ones, but it has that whole gothic vibe to it. And it's okay, I guess, but the the animations and the action felt a bit rough and choppy and wasn't as smooth as I would like from a fighting game. And unless thematically you're really interested, I don't see a reason in checking this out over plenty of other fighting games. I'm playing on Xbox as I did with all these games. So that could be one positive in its regard. I don't know. If you're an Xbox gamer... You don't have as many options, at least nothing new that I can really think of. I'm trying to think of what the most recent big fighting title was, and it's, I don't know, what the hell is it? We didn't get Guilty Gear, did we? I don't think we did. So <laughs> it can't be. It's not Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And is it the Power Rangers one? That, that's kind of popular. I don't know. But fighting games on Xbox are... Nowhere near as prominent as on PlayStation, and that makes uh, and that makes sense. That makes also sense, and it makes sense for Sony. That's why they bought Evo, part of Evo. I don't know. They did something with Evo, but yeah, Omen of Sorrow is okay. But there are so many other better options, kind of like with Oops 2. That unless you just play all the fighters, I don't see much reason outside of 
it thematically doing something for you to check out Omen of Sorrow. And golf, golf club, gopher clubs. I mean, gophers, well, one gopher in specific particular was very prominent and a big part of Caddyshack. But this has nothing to do with Caddyshack other than both featuring golf, and that is Golf Club Wasteland, which is a narrative-based golf in-game. It's all 2D side-scrolling, and you've played golfing games like this, but the crux of this is that you're constantly moving forward, and it's kind of like a platformer. You have two options in terms of well, there are three options, but you need to finish the game on, I think, challenge mode in order to unlock the, the Iron Man mode or whatever it is. But you have two options in terms of playing the game, and that is story mode and challenge mode. Story mode just lets you go at your own pace, not having to worry about par or anything. And challenge mode forces you to get par on all of the holes in order to continue progressing. I... <sighs> I think I would recommend story mode because the level design can be frustrating i'm saying all this though with the preface that i don't actually think the game is worth playing because the the use of golf to tell this story wasn't doing anything for me anything for me and mechanically it's fine but like I said, the level design, the whole design left me wanting something a bit more creative and not just tedious. It felt more tedious in terms of the way everything was designed than clever and creative. And it delivers story through these radio logs or just through radio whatever. And it's a lot of fucking talking while you're doing Like you don't have to stop and listen to them you get to just continue with your play while the radio is going on in the background, which is nice so that it's not disrupting the gameplay, except it is disrupting the gameplay in that the talking I found so fucking uninteresting and it just kept going on and on and on. And I'm there trying to get the ball in the hole, trying to you know keep progressing in the game and this fucking person i don't even know if there were multiple people talking but they just kept rambling on and on and i'm like i don't fucking care can you please shut up and just let me focus on the golf because i don't care about your story and so i i just wasn't feeling the game i was like man i wanted to really like it because conceptually it sounded really cool i love these types of golf games there were i'm trying to think of what they were called were they Stickman golf was it just called Stickman golf on iOS and mobile devices. I really like those games, and that's how it plays. I didn't play the Desert Golf game or whatever, which I think is similar in gameplay. But I, I really like these types of simple, essentially mini-golf, but larger scale because they're stick figures. Weird in between. I don't know how to put it. But I like these types of golfing games. But the story is just more intrusive than I would have expected and also very uninteresting to me. So, yeah. Didn't work for me. Then, next one on is a Pokemon clone 
And it doesn't try to hide that at all. It is just fucking Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, like the, the fucking title. Why? I mean, think of something a bit more creative than just, hey, what can we create that is kind of like Pokemon, but not Nexomon? It's the next iteration of Pokemon called Nexomon. But the weird thing about this is that I, I'm playing on Xbox, but this is the first game in the series, and the second game came out on all platforms a year ago, I believe. Nexomon Extinction. Because I remember playing a game in this series. I thought I'd play this one, and I didn't. Because this one just came out, and it's enhanced for the new series consoles. And it's just kind of weird that the older game has come out after the sequel, and this one is enhanced, and I'm not sure if the sequel is enhanced for new consoles. It's a weird order of events, and I don't know what that all means. But to get to the point, Nexomon, if you don't have a Nintendo console, is a perfectly fine and solid Pokemon clone. If you have a Nintendo system, just play Pokemon. Don't play this. Even if you've already played Pokemon, just keep playing it. Start a new save. Because this is fine, but it's not Pokemon. Even as repetitive as Pokemon has gotten, they are still fundamentally better games. They are just more satisfying in pretty much all regards. And with how samey Nexomon is, it doesn't differentiate itself enough to be able to stand with Pokemon as opposed to just standing behind it where it does. You know, it would be nice if they switch things up more. And the, the real only difference that Nexomon does is in terms of the battles, whereas in Pokemon, you have your four skills that are all based on number of uses per skill. So one attack, like your tackle will have 35 uses before you have to rest them or use a consumable to refresh that on that Pokemon. And, and then you'll have like Hyperim. It has only five uses, etc. In Nexomon, instead of having each skill have a certain number of uses, your Nexomons have a stamina bar. And each of your skills will use a certain amount of that stamina. And instead of, you know, worrying about how many uses this thing has, you have to worry about your overall stamina instead. And that's a nice change in the gameplay and the battling system. But that is the only significant change I really notice in my time with Nexamon. I like that change, but when that's the only real difference, why? I mean, it, it really is just for people who don't have a Nintendo system. But I would even say if your other option is or your only other Nintendo console is a Game Boy Color and Pokemon Blue, and you've already played Pokemon Blue 20 times from start to finish, you've collected them all, you know what? It's time to get drunk, get crunk, and play through it that 21st time, baby, because that would still be more enjoyable. That, that may be coming across too harsh, and I don't mean that, because Nexomon is a solid thing. I just think, at its core, Pokemon 
is, I mean, like, the thing I said about Pokemon being repetitive is that it is repetitive. So just playing fucking Pokemon Blue again, as opposed to a new Pokemon, it's kind of the same thing, kind of. And for me, Pokemon Blue is just, you know, comfort gaming. So that's another reason why I would want to play it, is comforting. <laughs> but Nexomon is a solid game. And if you don't have a Nintendo console, but you want that Pokemon fix, it's definitely worth checking out. It has, I, I say some of the, the character sprite work is not great, but all of the, what I've seen, creature design, the Nexomon designs, those are fun. And I, I like looking at them. It's a very bright and colorful game too. So there's that. But uh, I Am Fish is a game from Boss Studios, I believe. The same studios who brought us I Am Bread and Surgeon Simulator. And I guess they're crafting their own little I Am universe because what makes the fish become more intelligent, I guess, and want to fucking get out of their fish tank is by eating these sentient, sentient loaves of bread that are moving, and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? And then this lady takes this bread that fell on the ground, and she's like, my fish will really like them. And she feeds them to her fish, and they go fucking... They are just fucking addicted to this shit, like drug addicts. Holy crap, their eyes just bug out after they get that first fix, and then they're just like, well, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. And eventually, the, the, the bread runs out, but you want to get the hell out of there. So you get into your little fish bowl that has a closed top, I guess, and you start rolling around. And that was the majority of the game. I preferred when I was in a fish tank or in water, because the way it controls in water is that the triggers will adjust your height in the water, your depth, and the analog stick will control left and right in the space and then uh, your position in the foreground, so uh, in the background, in the, in, the, in the 3D space. So moving up and down with the analog stick would push you into the background or pull you into the foreground, stuff like that. I, I like that gameplay. Uh, I thought it was an interesting way of handling moving around in a 3D space while on a like 2D plane, kind of. like a, It was basically 2.5D. Um, but most of what I played was inside a fishbowl where I was rolling around like Super Monkey Ball, but with less tight controls that led to frustrating deaths and just frustrating gameplay in general. It is definitely of their games the least frustrating i could see myself actually finishing this game which is saying a lot or, or maybe not even saying that much because i am bread i couldn't even get the bread into the fucking toaster for the first stupid objective you had to do i was gonna play the game for attack the backlog and i played 15 minutes and i'm like no uh-uh i hate this game so i never i never played more of that and then surgeon simulator is just to me, that game was always just a big old joke. But I think I Am Fish is their most playable. But it just... The fish are cute. It's colorful. I like the overall aesthetic. I like the, the look of the humans and everything. And you're going out into the little world. And you're seeing buildings. Like, I really like the look of the game. But 
it doesn't have that charm or sense of humor that something like Octodad had, which is the one game in the here are frustrating controls or whatever, but the world we've created. Also, Octodad was just super forgiving. Super forgiving. That is the key to Octodad's success is its forgiving nature. But it just doesn't have that one hook, that one worm, that one maggot that has drawn me in to hook me so the game could reel me in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's okay. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't say don't try it out, but I'm not ready to recommend it or anything. I think if you look at it and you think it looks interesting or something, like something you want to check out, I, I don't... I, I can't say you won't be disappointed, but I, I think it's it's better than I at least expected. Then Tetragon is a puzzle platformer with some interesting gameplay mechanics, but ultimately just feels a bit rough to control overall. It feels a lot like them old animation-driven platformers of yesteryear, like Prince of Persia and Another World and whatnot. Except the animations are nowhere near as smooth as those. They don't look anywhere near as good. And the way the game works is that you are trying to get to these doors or whatever to exit a level. And you can, when you hit certain points in a level, rotate the level 90 degrees. And in addition to that, you can manipulate all these columns, I guess you would call them, in the place to create platforms that you can walk on, platforms that you can climb up onto, and just create a new space with all your adjustments that will allow you after rotating and moving these column things around to reach the destination that is the door to move on to the next level. I I think there is a lot good in the game. I think the level design and the puzzle design is pretty creative and it does require you to think a bit. I, I don't think the puzzle design is too easy or too simple or too hard or anything. I think there's a nice bit of challenge and thought required to doing the puzzles. I just find that the actual act of maneuvering the space and everything, because there's, there's no jump either. You just you get to a, a ledge that you can reach, you'll grab up to it, and if you can't, you just can't. But the overall stiff nature of it just makes it uh, a, a bit of a struggle to want to keep playing, which is too bad because I do think there's quite a bit going for it. I, I would recommend giving it a look-see and seeing if it, it does appeal to you. But for me, the controls ended up getting in the way. And last but not least, Foreclose is a story-driven game set in, uh, what do you call them, cyberpunk space. You're some 
dude who's been stripped of his powers. I think you were in some kind of uh, police force type of thing. You were an authority figure, I believe. But you have been stripped of that. Your identity has been foreclosed. And you have to get away and do whatever. The story wasn't grabbing me. I didn't think the writing or any of that was particularly interesting. I think what the game really has going for it and its strongest aspect is the way it delivers its story and the way it's structured overall with this comic book aesthetic and delivering it with panels, having a lot of difference is in the way you continue the story and just that uh, you will you will be walking in this panel and then it'll transition to a new panel that is first person and you'll be walking through this or crawling through this tunnel and then you'll reach this certain little puzzle thing and it's just the 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 comic book delivery of the story is cool and neat and I think visually it looks pretty good but the actual gameplay where sometimes you'll have a bump in, a bumping a button prompt on screen that you have to interact with that was okay but when you are asked to get through an area stealthily it just is really frustrating and i did not enjoy playing the game whenever i was actually asked to play it sometimes the levels will be through a fixated fixated a fixed camera where it can be hard to see exactly where there is an open space that you can get through and that could be annoying but the, the stealth gameplay just wasn't working and because of that along with the fact that the story wasn't really grabbing me i saw no reason to keep playing after putting an hour and a half or so into it so yeah that didn't really grab me either pretty underwhelming week of new games i'd say the highlights are nexomon for the pokemon fans who don't have a nintendo system and i am fish for those who want something cute and quirky and different and weird and kind of charming but just not enough charming for me and then i'll even throw tetragon in there i'll say tetragon is something that if the controls don't irk you, then you could have a lot of fun with that game. Because I don't think the controls are inherently inherently bad. They just weren't. They weren't vibing with me. They just felt a little bit off. But I think they're not that crucial to the actual solving of puzzles. That you could you could get away with not being annoyed by them. I don't know where to go with that. Anywho, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. If you'd like to see me streaming games, Every weekday from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central, sometimes earlier. I've been streaming early a lot lately, and I think what I'm going to do when I stream early is instead of starting whatever backlog or whatnot game I'm playing for the week, I'll wait until the schedule. I'll wait until the regularly scheduled time to start playing that and just get in some early Apex streaming. 
when I do that. Does that sound good? I think that sounds like a good idea because then nobody is potentially missing out on something they actually want to see and I have some time to play some Apex. But uh, yeah, that is twitch.tv slash pxsausage. If you'd like to check out the videos I make, like Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and watch them there. And then if you'd like to check out the art I make, because I make art too, you can go back to the site pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. That is definitely the best way to support me and my nonsense. Better than if you were a Twitch regular. Better than subscribing with actual money or donating bits. Patreon's the way to go. Also, one of the benefits to Patreon is that what I'll be streaming tonight, and I decided that I'm just going to make it a backlog game, is Destroy All Humans, the remake of the original game that came out last year. So, like I said, maybe last episode, I may have revealed it or mentioned it last episode, one of the, really the only exclusive thing you can get via Patreon is the ability to suggest a game for me to stream and play for Attack the Backlog. And this will happen once every month. At the beginning of the month, I will have a week where people are allowed to suggest whatever game that I have available in my collection that's of thousands of games, again. And then the following week, there will be a voting process and whatever game wins will be streamed and played and now officially become a backlog game and attack the backlog game. Unless it's a game I've already played, in which case I'll play it, but, you know, it can be a second runs game. There you go. It'll be an attack the backlog game or a second runs game. Ooh, whatever. So, uh, yeah. If that sounds like something you'd like to be able to partake in, that is available to all patrons of any tier. So as long as you're a patron, even at just a dollar a month, you'll be able to potentially force me to play a, a bad game if you want. I mean, you can make me play Vampire Rain. If that's something you fancy, okay. You can be a monster. But uh, you got to pay to be a monster. Anywho, that is it. That is all. Thank you so very, very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. A wonderful rest of your week and an absolutely lovely week. <laughs> Bye.